Love you guys. Love the program. You guys better watch out. You're going to be really, really, you're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world because you guys are doing a wonderful job there. This thing on because it's getting ready to be on. Welcome to the program. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Talking sports like you would on a Sunday morning, keeping it clean, highlighting the stories and the people of faith. This is not a faith program with sports. It's a sports program with faith. You can visit our website, btgprogram.com, or on Twitter, at btgprogram. The show is Benson and Those Guys. As some of them are here with me, Darren and Zach are here. Pastor Shane's not with us, but hopefully he'll be back in time to do some editing before the show's air before the show airs. After winning the national championship Monday night, it seems like now the real pressure is on for Urban Meyer. Meyer apparently pledged to his players after their win over Alabama that if they won their next game, that he'd get the tat. He'd get a tattoo. Buckeye tight end Jeff Huerman is apparently bent on holding him to it, saying that he's planning to supervise it. And that the first thing that went through his head after beating Oregon was, Coach Myers getting a tattoo. <laughs> now, you win the national championship. I'm not sure the first thing going through my head is Coach Myers getting a tattoo, but defensive end Joey Bosa won't be afraid to guilt the coach into it uh, should he try to back out. He said this, we have core values, and honesty is one of them. So he better not be lying. <laughs> <laughs> Pressure's on, Coach. You're getting the tattoo. No word, though, on where he's going to get that tattoo. They, they have to win the next game. No, this was after the Alabama oh, game. He okay. said if we win the next game, oh, yeah, which would have been the game against Oregon, he'd be getting the tattoo. So okay. they won that game. Yeah, Got to go get it. He's getting a tat. And I guess that playoff system worked, didn't it? That was fantastic. I mean, the ratings, the game was was. You know, I don't know if it was the best game I ever saw, but the excitement level was there. The, the, the stadium was filled. The, the TV ratings, I heard it got like an 18 or something, Jeez. which is huge. Mm-hmm. That's, it's as high as any NFL yeah. game. Yeah. You know what? You know what's amazing to me? What, what made the game great to me was that Urban Meyer's team was an underdog and I'm, he's undefeated as an underdog. Whatever he says to those guys in the locker room, whatever he does, man, it, it gets his guys ready to go. He won the national championship with their third-string quarterback. That's fantastic. That, that's great. We just made some studio upgrades this week. We got some pop filters in front of the microphones, and I can see, like, very little of Darren's face. <laughs> I love the, the, the <laughs> that benefit of these things. Already a great investment. <laughs> it is so worth it. All I can see is his eyeballs. It looks like, you know. I'm I'm sitting here talking about how great the national championship game was just because of what Urban Meyer and 
In, uh, you mean how great it was? It wasn't a great game. No, it was, it was an a, ugly game. It was, for Oregon, it was an ugly game. But what Urban Meyer accomplished for, for Ohio State? How many turnovers did they have? Oh, one hundred and forty-seven, and they still won the game by a lot. Yeah, that's impressive. I'm I'm thoroughly impressed with Ohio State. Did you flip through any of the alternative programming though on ESPN? I think I texted you guys at some point. I mean. They had the game on five different channels, or I don't know, 150 different channels, and each one had a different perspective. One of them. How did I not know this? I don't know. I texted you. One of them had, there was, the screen had different windows, and one was Barry Melrose and somebody sitting there watching the game. (laughs) Another one was Aaron Boone and somebody, I can't remember now, seems to me about, it was one of the basketball announcements, but I'm thinking, why do I want, who is watching this? Who <laughs> wants to listen to Aaron Boone's commentary on the national championship game? More so, who wants to listen to Barry Melrose? Hey, right, talking about football. Nobody. I, even hockey fans don't want to listen to Barry Melrose, <laughs> let alone college football he, fans. He does have some sweet flow, though. Hockey people are just a little off. Listen, my son's a goalie. I can say that. I know how off hockey people are. They're a little more amped than the rest of the world. Jim Dowd, who played 17 seasons in the NHL, now coaches a high school team, is accused of kicking, kicking a 16-year-old player in the back. Nailed it. A parent has filed filed assault charges against Dowd over the incident. He's been suspended from his job as a coach during the investigation. Dude, 17 years in the NHL, I get it. You're wound pretty tight. But a 16-year-old kid? Yeah, okay, I'm not excusing what he did. That's not okay. What is up with every single parent just pressing charges instead of letting, you know, other... Like, Some coach he, co- kicks my kid in the back. I'm pressing charges. Uh, I got spanked by the principal when I was in kindergarten. My parents you did not press charges. You stole from him, probably. I don't remember probably what I did. jacked his car off. I got and... spanked by the principal. Can you imagine that happening nowadays? I'm not... Okay, I'm... Eh, kicking him's bad. Maybe he does deserve getting charges brought against him. But the parents just seem very, very touchy these days. And I am a parent. Darren's I'm not nearly defend a grown man kicking a, a high school student in the back. Kicking him. As much as we've all wanted to beat up pretty much every 16 year old we've ever known, like you can't, <laughs> can't you can't him. do that. You smack him in the back of the head, maybe. Former Seattle SuperSonic Robert Swift was arrested <laughs> on an alleged home invasion robbery plot outside Seattle, according to sources. The former NBA player and another man put masks over their faces and attempted to rob a home in broad daylight. Witnesses notified. The sheriff's office. Now, I should probably tell you, the Swift stands seven foot, one inch. At seven foot, how many seven footers are running around the great Northwest? I can't imagine it would take all that long for authorities to track him down. No. He's a masked man. He stood uh, almost as high as Rainier. You know, the guy's going to stand out at seven foot, one inch, even with a mask. You really think he was going to get away with that? I don't know. But played four seasons in the NBA. He was also charged two months ago on possession of a sawed-off shotgun. The guy's got some issues. You know, more importantly than all of this, the bigger question is why has the NBA not brought back the Supersonics? It's only a matter of time. They need the Supersonics back in the league. Classic, yeah, absolutely. The NFL, as long as we're talking about high outlaws, uh, hockey players, Basketball players, now we'll talk about the NFL. The NFL investigating whether or not text messages were sent to the Cleveland Browns' sideline during games. If they were, it would be a violation of the NFL's rules prohibiting electronic communication 
during games. Didn't help them. Did that? Did you guys know there was this rule? You can't. Yeah. Ha- you did. Yeah, it's like ninety minutes before the game or something. You have to stop using any, you know, devices that connect you to the outside world. Pretty didn't much. Didn't somebody? Was it Ocho Cinco that got in trouble for tweeting during games? Yeah. No, he tweeted somebody like did. right before the game or something like that. And he got in yeah. trouble for it. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that. Well, I guess there's probably makes sense because the NFL players can't handle social media. You see this <laughs> thing between the Chicago Bears between Kyle Long and. Martellus Bennett. That just got oh, out of control. Is, I don't they're even know what feud- you're talking about, but this has got to be good. They're feuding through Twitter because apparently Bennett unfollowed Long. <laughs> yes. So Long awesome. tweets at Bennett saying, I'm afraid I have to reciprocate your act. You have been unfollowed. That escalated quickly. <laughs> Bennett didn't like being called back, so he shot, uh, didn't like being called out, so he shot back, complete with plenty of ex- expletives asking why are you worried about who is following you on Twitter? More important um, stuff, more important stuff is happening <laughs> in my world than Kyle Long's tweets. It, you are grown men. You're grown men in the NFL. This is why they have that rule that you can't <laughs> use electronic devices. If, if more important stuff was going on in Bennett's life, why did he take the time to even respond to something so stupid? I don't know. Mm. I, I kind of don't make it a habit to get on 12-year-old cases. Uh, but I feel like, come on, man. Get your own bit, you unoriginal little plagiarist. ABC, the first to report on 12-year-old Cade Pope, who, isn't this adorable, just loves pro football. But poor little Cade and his family live in Oklahoma, and he has no NFL team to root for. There was a time he rooted for the Rams because that's his parents' favorite team. His younger brother is a Kansas City Chiefs fan, but young Cade wanted his own team to root for. So he wrote a note. Stop me if this sounds familiar. He wrote a note to each of the 32 NFL franchises asking them why he should root for their team. I read this story. Well, last week, he gets a package from Jerry Richardson, owner of the Carolina Panthers. Inside the box was a note addressing Pope's fan-free agency. Cade, the note said. We would be honored if our Carolina Panthers became your team. We would make you proud by the classy way we represent you. The package also included a replica helmet signed by their star linebacker, Luke Keekley. Why is this little brat story frosting my fanny? <laughs> because this bit was done back in July on the Benson and Nose Guys program. My guy Zach contacted each and every NBA <laughs> team and heard back from four of them. Four. But not one sent him free stuff. He had to go out. <laughs> he had to go out and buy his own Raptors hat. On the July 26th broadcast of this program, Zach announced that he had selected the Toronto Raptors as his favorite team. What? Just because he looks like some hairy manchild who lives in his parents' basement, only <laughs> emerging to participate in a Dungeons and Dragons tournament or a Star Trek convention? Is he not cute enough for the mainstream media news coverage? This is an outrage. And look, just because you are 12, don't think that will stop our lawyers from making a legal claim <laughs> to that autographed helmet you got by plagiarizing our bit. And the <laughs> Raptors fitted hats are really awesome. Plus, I've always had a thing for dinosaurs. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. 
Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions' team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets, they do it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town and Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070 or visit them online at mcafeeremodeling.com. In retirement, will you outlive your money? It's a common question for people approaching retirement, but it doesn't need to weigh on you. Ask Ameriprise Financial Advisor Nathan R. Wegman about the new Confident Retirement Approach. You and Nathan can break down retirement, planning step-by-step to get the real answers you need. Call Nathan R. Wegman, Financial Advisor, today at 585-272-0080. Office is located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 14623. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Well, it's a one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready now. Go, can't go, but don't you step on my blue suede shoes. Well, you can do anything but take me over my blue suede shoes. Benson and those guys is brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. And of course, this is the week of the King's birthday. Not the King of Kings, but the King of Rock and Roll, Elvis Presley. I thought you said that was going to fade out on its own. Now, uh, how long was that thing going to go? You're going to play the whole song? <laughs> it was getting there. Good night. Would there be anything wrong with playing the whole song? That's a good song. It, it is Elvis, and you know I do, I do like me some Elvis Presley. I don't have the velvet El- Elvises through my house, but you know those people who do. You guys see Cardell Jones? Am I the only one? I mean, I only a handful of people were not surprised that he did not jump to the NFL. He had himself a, a, a good game the other night. He's played three good games. But that's it. He's he started three games. Was he really going to the NFL? Those three games were huge, though. He crushed Wisconsin. I am not doubting that. But he's calling a press conference, and I get it. He's calling calling a press conference. Well, I think it was at his former high school, so all the indications are there. He's probably making some major announcement that hey, I'm going to the NFL. But I I was just like, no, there's no way he's going to the NFL. He started three college football games. You're at best, a, I've heard some people say a second-round pick, but I'm there, thinking third round. There was a lot of people saying late first, early second. For a guy that started three football games in college? Do you realize the games he won, though? He seems to me... I do. They were, they're huge. He seems to me like that guy that we hear talked up every year before the draft. He's going to be one of the top quarterbacks. He's a first-round pick. And then we watch him sit there in the green room and drop into the second, oh, yeah. sometimes into the third. I feel like... He was that hype machine that had he entered the draft, we would have been watching him sit there by himself. How many teams need a quarterback? And how many quarterbacks are in this draft? You got Winston and Mariota. And after that, there's not really any 
quarterback talent. But there's going to be some unemployed quarterbacks. Brian Hoyer is going to be looking for a job, which, That's by the true. way, a lot of people looking at him and saying, well, he'd be a nice fit in Buffalo, especially with Rex Ryan, and we'll talk more about that coming up in the program. But with him coming, Brian Hoyer might be a nice fit for that because he's not going to be expecting to throw the ball a lot. Just somebody to manage the game, hand it yeah. off, let the runners run. Uh-huh. I could see that. But anyway, going back to Card- Cardell Jones, Three starts, and I know what you're saying. They're big games. Wisconsin, Alabama, and, of course, over Oregon. And he, and he played very well. But somebody has coached this kid, and I get it. Uh, he made a tweet the beginning of the year. Yeah. Did you see, see it about it the from, school? Why am I going to school? 2012, I thought. Oh, is it? Yeah, they, someone just brought it back up. Oh, I did not realize It's still that. a fantastic tweet because it's true. Well, I understand it's true, but yet today, or we're – we're recording this broadcast on on Thursday. It'll air Saturday. So for us, it's today. Um, he tweeted that he's was it through Twitter? Was that a no? Press he made conference? a he made a press he announced conference. it from his high school. Yeah, he that tweeted he, he, that he needed he had more schooling to do. Yeah, yeah he, he said he he sounds like he might not come out for the draft next year either because he wants to have a degree. He could actually, which a, is a, a long stretch from somebody who said. Why am I even going to school? I'm here to play football. Well, he's he's a redshirt sophomore this year, so he could actually graduate. I think at the end of this this next year, if he if he tried hard. So I don't. If he comes back, he's the starter. He plays well again. No way he's going back to school again, right? Not gonna happen. No, I, but I don't think so. If he if he plays next year as well as he played in these three games, he has a, a good season. You've you've elevated your draft pick. Now you're oh, yeah. you're up in the first round, maybe even the top quarterback. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think that's what he's thinking. That you know he's had three good games, but they're only three games. If he plays at this level for another season, he could be number one overall next year. I was I was reading a thing, or in 2012 he tweeted, oh. "Why are we here to go to? Why are we here to go to school? We came here. We're not here to play school. We're here to play football." And now he's saying, "I want to be the first person in my family to graduate." That, that's great, man. You're saying all the right things. But do you know how many degrees your millions of dollars? You know how many degrees you can buy with your millions of dollars? Like, I, I heard, I heard Charles Barkley talking. I want you now. Normally, I love Charles Barkley, but his take on this when they asked him, "What do you think about him staying in school? Should he come out?" Uh, he said, "I like to see more black kids stay in school. We need more black kids in school." And I understand what he was saying, and I'm certainly not getting on Charles Barkley about it, but. Why do you narrow your focus so much? Just the kid is staying in school. It doesn't matter that he's black. I mean, we need more blacks in school. We need more Mexicans in school. We need more white people in school. We need stay in school. Yeah, I mean, he made the right decision. I, I, I hate to say that because I, I, I would have, I would have bolted for the NFL and whatever money you were going to pay me because that's more money than I'm ever going to make in a lifetime. But he did make the right decision. He only has three starts under his belt. You're right. I can see both sides of it. If I'm him, though, I would have went to the NFL. I couldn't have helped myself. So more power to him. Good for him. Speaking of decisions, Doug Marone uh, (laughs) several weeks (laughs) ago made the decision. Well, you know, uh, it doesn't seem to me to be working out in his favor. Made the decision to leave the Bills. Now, I get it. He's going to get paid by the Buffalo Bills. But jobs are filling up, and it does not look to me at this point as if he's going to get one. No. I, I last I saw was he's interviewing for the offensive coordinator job with the Jaguars. The Jaguars. You just went from a head coach in Buffalo, which I mean, 
All right, it's not the most prestigious job, but it's better than the Jaguars. And you're not even going to get a head coaching job. Now. Somewhere in there, there's a disconnect because you don't resign from an NFL head coaching job unless you're pretty sure you got one lined up. And, and he did. He he opted out. There's still, I've heard, Atlanta, though they're very into uh, Dan Quinn, there's still the possibility they, they like Doug Marone. He's interviewed very well. But the San Francisco no longer has an opening. Uh, it appears John Fox, if by the time this broadcast airs, uh, he'll, he may have settled on Chicago and they may have settled on him. But the jobs are filling up. And of course, for us, uh, here in Western New York, the big news is Rex Ryan. And you guys were pretty excited about this. Uh, <laughs> for the, different reasons. <laughs> for, di- for different reasons. You're very passionate, I should say. As, as <laughs> maybe not excited about it. Darren, you liked Rex Ryan. Comment. I love it. I'm, I'm on love record. It. I love and it. My argument was this. A lot of people love it. And, and I don't think it's a terrible hire. I think it's a good hire. I'm not sure from his perspective why he took the job. Oh, I could, I can almost guarantee you why he took the job. Because he didn't interview well in Atlanta. That wow. has to be it. Because can why we... would you not have taken that job in that division? Because he just got fired from the Jets and he hates Bill Belichick. Who gets him the most op- – what head coaching job gets him the most opportunities to stick it to those two teams? And what? Come to a, de- a team with a loaded defensive unit. Yeah. I get all that. But the Atlanta Falcons have got a quality quarterback. They're in a good position. They play in a horrible division. <laughs> it's true. If you got a shot at making the playoffs, it's there with Atlanta. The fact that he didn't get that position or didn't take that position kind of told me that, one, he didn't interview well there. That maybe that wasn't going to happen. Maybe he panicked because he was the first one to land. Maybe he got a little panicky and took a job. And I, again, I don't dislike it. And we're going to have Brian Galliford on maybe next week from Buffalo Rumblings.com. I'd like to hear some of his take on it. Um, we'll get him on maybe next week, but you loved it. I do. You didn't care for it quite so much. It, he would have been your last pick. I'm talking to you, Zach. Um, but. I guess what I'm saying is this. Why do people like it? I think this. A lot of people like Rex Ryan because they like Rex Ryan. He's a likable guy. He's a blue-collar guy. For this town, for Buffalo, it's a nice fit. Uh, he's there the day before the news conference. He's throwing back beers with Jim <laughs> Kelly. People love that. I get that, and that's that's all great. That's a feel-good thing. The reason I like it. He took the New York Jets with Mark Sanchez to the AFC Championship two years in a row. He did it with a good defense, a good running game, and Mark Sanchez. It, was that the first two years he's there? Yeah. Yes. You're doing it with somebody else's people then. He could do it with no, the Bills I, or someone listen, else's people. I, under, here, and I understand, but what I'm saying is uh, you want to grade a coach. Don't you have to look beyond the first couple of years? And they steadily went they downhill. They steadily lost talent, though, too. Well, I'm, I'm they not did do that. That's that. very that's, true. That, that's true. And so the one what is thing it? you pointed out, the players never quit on him. No, and that's what I did. Guys that's play what for I him. did like. The Jets played all season long. They never gave up, and I did appreciate that, and I was excited to see that. Now, the, what about losing Jim Schwartz? That you know what, he he is a very different defensive mindset than Rex Ryan, and we can all agree. That two seasons ago under Mike Patton, the defense was good. Now they asked they were better with Schwartz, but they were out, they had a, another year under their belts. 
Okay, Patton is a Ryan disciple, meaning he's going to run the very, very similar, if not exactly the same defense as Rex Ryan is going to run this coming season. I see no reason to think that the Bills' defense is going to take a step back. I actually think they're going to take a step forward because now they have even another season under their belt. I like Schwartz. He did a great job. They hired Ryan. They don't really need Schwartz anymore. And Well, and I know one's a 4-3 guy, one's a 3-4. Yeah, their mindsets were going to clash. It's fine. Schwartz leaving is fine because they have Rex Ryan. You guys are Bills fans. I'm a Giants fan. Um, so my, I, I, as much as I like Buffalo, my, I'm not as passionate about it as you guys. Does Jim Schwartz get too much of the credit for how well that defense played? Oh, I don't think so at all. Because I've heard a lot of people really, Schwartz is leaving, and they're really concerned about that. But I said, he's he had great players. He did. The one thing that, that really stood out to me about Jim Schwartz is that the, the team the last two years uh, set team highs in sacks. They He maintained their ability to get after the quarterback, but under Mike Patton, they were not very good against the run, and they became a very good team against the run for most of the year with Jim Schwartz. He managed to improve their weakness while maintaining their strength, which impressed me a lot. You know what also is really good against the run is when Marcel Darius is out there because what game were we watching? He got hurt, and all of a sudden the Bills couldn't stop the run to save their lives. Yeah. Okay, so that was the Raiders game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's bad. So he had great players on defense. I liked what Schwartz did. He got a lot out of that defense. But I also, what cannot be, you know, overlooked is the fact that these guys were real young under Mike Patton and they were good. They were a little bit more seasoned under Schwartz this past season and they were awesome. They're just, they're getting, they're, they're moving further up the ladder in terms of being a veteran. I think they're just going to get better. I really think they're in the perfect position of a good mindset, and knowing how to play the game, and also athleticism. I I, I could see this defense under Rex Ryan being be number one in the entire NFL. I could see them going to the playoffs, and you guys know how much I will hate on the Bills all day long because the Bills lose. It's what they do. But under Rex Ryan, I could see this thing turning around, and I love it. And your playoff predictions have been fairly accurate have they not in fact zach do you have that clip where he made <laughs> the, the super bowl in super bowl 49 he is a superstar he's amazing <laughs> you know what i said that before the season started and the cowboys made it a heck of a lot further than anyone thought they the would cowboys will play in super bowl 49 your words <laughs> you're listening to benson and those guys the program is brought to you by town and country pest solutions In retirement, will you outlive your money? It's a common question for people approaching retirement, but it doesn't need to weigh on you. Ask Ameriprise Financial Advisor Nathan R. Wegman about the new Confident Retirement Approach. You and Nathan can break down retirement, planning step-by-step to get the real answers you need. Call Nathan R. Wegman, Financial Advisor, today at 585-272-0080. Office is located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 14623. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. 
That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions' team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets, they do it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Bryce Johnson is a host of nationally syndicated program Unpacking It, which can be heard right here on CBS Sports Radio 105.5 The Team, Sunday morning, 7 a.m. He joins us now. Bryce, thanks for joining us. Happy New Year, buddy. You too, man. Glad to uh, to be on with you and excited for your, your new show and, and uh, glad to be a part of it. Well, we're glad to have you on. Hey, conference championship weekend's coming up in the NFL. I personally, I think the home field advantage is going to be really big in both of these games. Who has a better chance to win on the road? You think the Colts or the Packers? Wow, that's a that's a great question because I think yeah, going into it, it's pretty you know easy to say, hey, New England, Seattle, these teams at home, how are they going to lose? But but I like I like Green Bay on the road um, for for a couple of reasons. One. I picked Green Bay at the beginning of the year to go to the Super Bowl. And then early in the season, that first week, they lose to Seattle. And it's, it's like, uh-oh, what's going to happen to the Packers this year? So I, I want to see them kind of, kind of do it because I predicted it and to get some revenge from that first game. But, but of course, it's all going to come down to Aaron Rodgers and, and how healthy he, he stays throughout the game. Um, but I, but I like Green Bay's, uh, experience. You know, they, they've been in an NFC Championship game. I, I think it, it goes to another level, whereas, you know, last week, Andrew Luck being able to, to beat the Broncos was very surprising to me. Um, so for them to knock off the Broncos and then go do it in New England it isn't out of the question, but um, but I've got a little more confidence in, in Green Bay, um, offense and defensively. Uh, I, think they're, they're, I think their defense will be, will be fine against Seattle's offense. Um, but then it's just going to come down to can Aaron get away from that fast Seattle defense uh, with the injury? So that, that's what we're looking out for. Looking on the AFC side of things, do you do you view this kind of a last shot run for Tom Brady? Is this his last good opportunity at a Super Bowl? Well, I, I don't think we can. I think we should embrace that possibility and, and not take it for granted that oh yeah, New England will be back next year. Um, or that Tom Brady will be back at, at, and be great again next year. Um, but at the same time, I don't see him slowing down. And I, I think he'll, he'll be great. I mean, I know they, they hit that little point during the, the season where everybody started questioning them and, you know, do they still have it and all that sort of thing. But from what I've, I've seen recently, I, I think he's, he's still a, a key piece in what they do and, and, I think they've surrounded him with some nice talent, and and I like I, I even like Julian Edelman throwing touchdowns, which maybe a couple of years ago they wouldn't let somebody else throw a pass besides Tom Brady, but I, I like them doing those sort of things because that that helped them uh, last week. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think it, every year it always I always feel like all right, this isn't New England's year. Like they, there's no way they can do it again. There's no way they're gonna you know win 
12 games or 13 games and go deep into the playoffs. But they do every year. So until they don't do it, I'm always going to expect them uh, to be back. But, but yeah, Tom's getting older, so uh, it, it's, it's definitely definitely worth soaking in the, the games that we have because he's one of the greatest. They always seem to find a way to get it done, no matter who they work in and work out of the lineup up there. They just Belichick, his staff, they do they do a great job. But as we're talking about guys that you know maybe be reaching the end of their career, Peyton Manning didn't look good this week. I, I, now I contend that he didn't get a lot of help from the guys around him. But how much of that loss do you put on Peyton? Well, I think he gets a ton of credit when they win and for all the success that the Colts had and that the, the Broncos have had the last couple of years. And so in, in the bad games that we've seen, mainly the, the Super Bowl last year and then uh, this past Sunday against the Colts, yeah, he's got to take a, a big part of that blame because he's the one that makes that offense go. And and he was just off with receivers. I mean, the, the timing was just off. He was either too long or too short and – and it was bad. But on the other side of it, I was disappointed in the receivers because they were dropping passes. And and to think a guy like Demarius Thomas is going to drop big-time passes, that's disappointing. That's frustrating if, if I'm Peyton Manning. Um, so they never got in sync. And, and so as far as Peyton Manning not being able to uh, get back to that high level of play that we're used to, I still think he can. I don't think, he, I don't think he's done. I just think he... He slowed down toward the end of the year, and that's a big issue that I guess John Elway had with kind of John Fox's approach. That's what they kind of battled back and forth with is, is you know, not peaking at the right time. They always peak at the beginning of the year and get off to these hot starts. What about the end of the year? And that, to me, is more of the issue with Peyton Manning versus, oh, Peyton's just lost it. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think you just got to pace him a little bit more um, at this point in his career. Yeah, I would agree. I don't. I don't think it goes that quickly. And he was putting up some terrific numbers in the early part of this season. Um, do you think the injury was bigger than they let on? It, it had to have been, and I think that's. I think that has to to factor in. And it's always tough with injuries because we we just don't know. Like we don't know the pain that somebody's in and how it it ultimately affects their game. Um, you know, I think about Tony Romo this year. Like I thought that back issue was going to be something major, and then he ended up having a nice nice year. And then Aaron Rodgers with the injury last weekend, even though he, he wasn't very mobile, he still completed such a high percentage and was throwing the ball all over, over the field. So we're thinking, oh, it's going to really hamper him, and then it doesn't. So injuries are always tough for me to, to really gauge, but, um, but, but I would not be surprised if, if the main reason Peyton seemed a little off is because he was dealing with a, a lack of strength and pain and dealing with that, that leg issue. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think it was a part, part of partly injury. And then the other part was just kind of uh, slowing down at the end of the year and, and just, they gave so much early on that they, they kind of ran out of gas toward the end of the, the season. Depending on who you talk to, the officiating this offseason has ranged anywhere from horrendous to exceptional. How do you think they'd be doing specifically? What about the two big calls in each of the uh, Cowboy games? Well, it's, we, we actually did a whole segment last week on just kind of the state of, of referees and looking at it kind of big picture and, and how we as fans respond to refs and, and all that sort of thing and what we expect. And it's really a fascinating thing because they, they've been put into the spotlight and, and that's a bad thing. And even the other night I was watching, watching a game with someone and we're just talking about 
the, the role, the, the job of being a ref. There's nothing good about it, really, because <laughs> if, if you're recognized or people know you, that's not a good thing because that means you, you had a bad call. And if you have a great game, nobody cares, nobody thinks about you. And so it's just a, it's a tough job. And so we as fans, like, we have to, to put ourselves in their shoes a little bit and understand, yeah, these, these plays are happening real time and the, the rule book is complicated. I mean, the whole, the whole Des Bryant catch was so complicated to me. It, it didn't make any sense. I mean, you're talking in circles when I hear the different explanations and it, it, it's not a football move. What do you mean it's not a football move? You're trying to score a touchdown. Of course it's a football move. So it's it, it just a crazy thing. And then of course, we, we get all, you know, get all over these refs about one call and the reason a team loses isn't that one call. Like that, we, we can, I think uh, most people can understand that and agree with that. Um, but I will say as fans, we also love the debate. We, we, uh, we love going back and forth and everybody has a different perspective on a, on a specific play and then big picture. We all have specific or uh, different views of players and, and how to win and what it takes and all that sort of thing. But when it comes to these plays, these individual plays and they do the replay, we can both be sitting on the couch and we just see it differently. And we have biases. If you're pulling for the Cowboys, you're going to see it a different way. And so I, Des Bryant was on my fantasy team all year, so I kind of had a little connection with Des Bryant. I wanted that to be a catch because I've been rooting for him all year. So, um, so anyway, it, it's been, it's been an, uh, an extra layer to the conversation this year in the playoffs for sure, which in some ways I'm frustrated by it, but then the other side of it, well, it creates debate, it creates controversy, and, and sports fans love that. Yeah, that definitely gives you something to talk about. I, I think the rules are part of the problem because they are so complex. You can ask 10 people, five will say they're horrendous, five will say that it's been a good job, and you can always tell which team they root for because their biases are very difficult to get away from. Big time. We're talking with Bryce yeah. Johnson. He's the host of Unpacking It. can be heard Sunday mornings right here on the team. Bryce, can you tell our audience a little bit about your program and maybe a bit about what's coming up? Absolutely. Basically, each week we, we look at the, the big stories in the sports world and, and look at them from a, from a faith perspective and um, try to have a lot, a lot of fun and tell some stories and, and look at some of the other uh, just sports stories beyond the headlines and, and kind of what's, what's going on in, in life and entertainment and, and how it all you know, relates back to sports and faith and, um, and just kind of, kind of blending, blending all of it. So we, we have a good time. It's, fast-paced and um, love, love talking about the stories that, that most people are talking about, but, but hopefully adding a different angle and a different perspective when it makes sense. And so um, each week we, like I mentioned, the, the ref uh, segment, we, we do a segment called Under Review where I talk with a, a guy named Ed Yazinski who's got a Ph.D. in American Culture Studies, and so he brings a very unique perspective too, looking at kind of society and, um, and, how, and just different sports issues and, and how we – uh, view them. So, um, so love, love doing the show and, um, glad to, to have you a part of the, the station as well. And, uh, we're, you know, Sunday mornings talking faith and life and sports. It's, uh, it's a pretty good thing. Yeah. We love that perspective, that faith based perspective and sports is such a great opportunity to reach people. Can you, what's God doing in your life? What's he, uh, what's he currently working on with you and with your ministry? So, man, we're in year number two for Unpacking It Ministries, and, and, and my heart is to, to reach sports fans and, and just be an encouragement and, and an inspiration to sports fans and, and the people that we interview and, 
the topics that we discuss, that's what I, I, I desire to, to be the case. And in doing ministry, as, as you know, there, there are a lot of challenges and, and difficulties and a lot of room for trust. And, and so this week, the, the verse that I'm really focusing on is, is in Proverbs and it's a verse that you, you probably hear a lot, and I know I heard it a lot growing up, and it's trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. And and so it, it's something I heard a lot, but, but when you take a second to think about it and say, wait, how, how much am I leaning on my own understanding in in, in this process of growing this ministry, and or, or am I really, you know, a- acknowledging God and trusting him and pull, putting my full trust in him, um, it, it's, it's, a good, it's a good question to ask and take that inventory. So I've been challenged by that and, and um, just, just trying to trust. It, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a simple thing in theory. It's like, oh, yeah, you got to trust God, you got to trust God, but then actually take those steps to do that and, and to be able to look to God's word to find that strength is key. So that, that's really what, what I've been, been focusing on specifically is this week. It's so easy to fall onto our own strengths and just trust in ourselves. I agree with you. We've got to almost train ourselves to lean on God. How can we pray for you? Is there anything specific we can pray for you? Our listeners can pray for you? You know, the, the big thing is, is wisdom right now. Um, and like I mentioned reading Proverbs, just, and I, I knew that I needed wisdom, so I went right to Proverbs, the wisdom book. And so, um, so that, that's my prayer is just wisdom in leading this ministry and, some of the opportunities that, that are in front of us and, and just knowing and trusting God's will to be done and, and me personally not getting in the way, um, but just to be obedient and, and to trust. So that, that's, that's the big prayer right now. All right. I want to thank you for coming on again. We always enjoy having you. I'll ask our listeners to keep you in prayer, and let's have you on again real soon. Sounds great. I appreciate it. Love being a part of it. That's Bryce Johnson, host of Unpacking It, and you can catch Bryce Sunday morning at 7 a.m. right here on CBS Sports Radio 105.5 The Team. you listen to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by the good people at Town & Country Pest Solutions. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets, they do it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town and Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. In retirement, will you outlive your money? 
It's a common question for people approaching retirement, but it doesn't need to weigh on you. Ask Ameriprise Financial Advisor Nathan R. Wegman about the new Confident Retirement Approach. You and Nathan can break down retirement planning step-by-step to get the real answers you need. Call Nathan R. Wegman, Financial Advisor, today at 585-272-0080. Office is located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 14623. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the program. Benson and those guys brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Benson, I'm, I'm online right now, and I just saw a story. I don't know if you heard about this. Uh, a female fan of the Clippers held up a sign with her phone number asking Blake Griffin out to dinner. Did you see that? <laughs> I did not see that. <laughs> she she held up, up a sign in public with her phone number? It just said, hey, Blake, dinner and her phone number in huge block letters. <laughs> Apparently, she lost a bet with her sister, and so she had to hold up the sign. Uh, she I said, would have held it up with the sister's number. Oh, that would have been great. <laughs> that would have been the best. She said she got 381 text messages and 188 phone calls, 174 from people claiming to be Blake and 29 from people <laughs> pretending to be other athletes. She said one guy called and, and said he was Kobe Bryant. The same guy called back later and told me he was DeAndre Jordan. So, not some real strong attempts, but there were a lot of them. Did she ever hear from Blake Griffin? Apparently not. Well, if she asked Blake Griffin out, if, would she have to pay? I'm just wondering. Absolutely not. How does this work? No, she asked him. She's the girl. She still asked. He's a professional NBA player with lots of bank. He's got to pick up the tab. I think the one, she lost a bet. I think the one <laughs> thing we learned from seeing this sort of situation play out is if you're a famous athlete, you have to pay and tip well because your receipt's going to end up all over the internet. That is true. That is a good point. Did you guys see the Braves traded... Evan Gaddis to the Astros. How do, if you are Nick Markakis, you sign with the Braves, you're feeling pretty good. Next thing you know, they trade everybody out from underneath you. They trade everybody out here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only Who's left over there? What are they doing? No one. There's no one left. Uh, this is one of the first times in a long time. I can't name very many Atlanta Braves. That, uh, that team has turned over quite a bit, and I don't think they've gotten any better. The thing with the Braves, anytime they get a pitcher back, and I think in this deal they got two, they got a right-hander, uh, they got two right-handers back in it. Don't you automatically assume the Braves know something about pitching? Whenever they get a pitcher back, I figure, okay, here we go. It's Greg Maddox, it's John Smoltz, it's somebody, you know, they just know. So, I don't know. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and second guess a GM. There's a reason he has the job and I do not. But, Right now, it's 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 kind of looking like they're just already quitting on the season. Speaking of quitting on the season, the Knicks. Oh, they're the worst. I, you know, I stopped watching. If if you are the English, and this year we have sent you the Jaguars to play in England, <laughs> and we have sent you the Knicks to play in England, that that has got to start an international incident at some point. Don't send us any more your 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 American <laughs> you sports. Know, we're, teams. Good. we're good. We're <laughs> good. We don't want them. The only way that could get worse is if the Jags had to play the Knicks. That's the, at football or basketball, <laughs> either one. Yeah, both. it's not going to matter. They're they, awful. They lost to Milwaukee on Thursday. Speaking like, of by awful, a lot. 
And that's who they're going to play in London, too. Darren, you blew me off for lunch. I invited you out to get some lunch. I was busy. You went to Chipotle. It was delicious. You made, well, you didn't make me, but I met you at Chipotle one day last week. And that was delicious. Zach, Chipotle or Moe's, which is your preference? Moe's in a heartbeat. What? What is your reason? Well, first, I had Moe's before I ever had Chipotle, but also Moe's is huge. Chipotle? Moe's, when you go to Moe's, there's no salsa police, and that's what I don't like about Chipotle. They <laughs> were stand angry. There, they get, hey, can I have some chips and salsa? And they give you this little cup of salsa <laughs> and say, there you go. Moe's, I can go up there and I can just start scooping out salsa. I can I, be there. I got my choices of salsa. I, I will take Chipotle over Moe's any day, but I will say the one that we went to, which I will not say where, they had their JV squad working that day. It was bad. I, I will I will give you that. You had a bad experience there. I had a bad experience for a number of reasons, but among the top, no need to patrol the salsa. You know what I'm I was- a grown man. I can get my own salsa. You know what? I might, uh, I might start joining you at Moe's more often because I was at Chipotle yesterday and they had no carnitas. Apparently that's because there's a problem with their supplier or something. So Moe's also has that lose me. sweet Coca-Cola machine with- Those things are awesome. One billion flavors. You can mix and match however yeah. way you want it. Yeah, you just, you kind of just talked me into Moe's. You just mentioned the Knicks a minute ago, and I wondered if you also saw this other story. Carmelo Anthony says surgery is his only option, but he's not going to have it. What's up with that? He's going to try to play with this injury? Why Why bother? Just just call it quits you, on the season. At this yellow. point, you've won five basketball games. It, just have the surgery. Take time, take time off, rest, do whatever you want to do, but just hang it up. They're never going to win again. Same thing with Cleveland. What oh. are you waiting for? You got troubles. You see the thing, you see the LeBron <laughs> David Black deal? Yeah. Now, he gives him the stiff arm, uh, shoves his coach away from a referee, and the talk afterwards was, well, I didn't want him to get a technical. Didn't Normally want the get, other way around. You don't shove your coach. No. That just tells you how, even if you were trying to save him from getting a technical or getting in trouble with the ref or getting ejected, whatever you were doing, you don't do that for your coach. It shows you that LeBron's in charge there. He's the David coach Blass and not the player. In charge. We knew that all along. <laughs> but now you're hearing that the assistant, Tyron Liu, I think, may be calling timeouts behind David Blatt's <laughs> back. You're talking, you're hearing the players yeah, in the locker room so telling cleaning. players on other teams, we're trying to get Blatt fired. We hope he gets fired. <laughs> uh, dude, that locker room is imploding. Yeah. You that is so classless to be talking to other players saying uh, we, we want them gone. This is, it's Cleveland though. This is just what Cleveland does. This is awesome. This uh, is amazing. Like, at, some, at some point, give it up. Get you know, fire the coach. It, it didn't work. You, I know you're you're what a little little halfway through the season while thereabouts while they're at it. Just trade Kevin Love because you know he's bolting, and you may as well just start getting used to the fact that LeBron's going to leave at the end of the season too. No, it's over. It's all, you know what? I thought they would be much better. I thought they were going to probably win the, the NBA championship, but that's what I get for betting on Cleveland. Why don't we uh, do the unreasonable rant? Yeah, you, fine. Can, you can talk about why you love Chipotle, why you love Rex Ryan, or whatever it is you want to do. Here's Darren with his unreasonable rant. Unless you've been living under a rock... 
You know what the game Trivia Crack is. I'm grossly addicted to it, and would be even more so if the sports section of this game wasn't littered with questions that weren't about sports. I've been asked about badminton, billiards, bowling, and ping pong. But the question I submitted about who Derek Jeter got his 3,000th hit off of got rejected? Why? Was that too hard of an actual sports question for all you unathletic bums that think bowling and billiards are a sport? People eat hot wings and drink beer while performing these activities. They're not sports. And I swear to you, the second I get a cheerleading question, unless they invent a new category called crap no one cares about, I will burn this app to the ground. As a general rule, here in America, football, baseball, basketball, and hockey are all that matter. I'm sorry guys named Jim, Robert, and Ted, but your disc golf league is not a sport. Basically, if an accountant or customer service rep is any good at it, it's not a sport. So Trivia Cat, step your game up and stop letting these bogus questions about lame activities invade the sports section. It's insulting to real athletes. I don't know what we're yelling about! <laughs> you, you had a question rejected? Yeah! My, my wife had a question come up, because she plays a game, and... The answer was wrong. Oh, really? So I don't, I don't understand. I, I didn't know they un, they rejected questions. Well, the question yeah. about who Derek Jeter got his 3,000th head off of is already in the game because I've gotten it. So that might be why they rejected yours. What was the exact wording of it? Oh, I don't know. Uh, maybe my maybe my question didn't uh, didn't get rejected. But last time I looked, it got rejected, and it made me angry. Well, I guess that was my whole struggle with the game. How do you, how do you have a game where the answers can be wrong? Yeah, that... That just kind of put a whole dark cloud over my love for this game. Cause my, Speaking I, of dark clouds, did you right. see this thing with Kurt Busch? <laughs> this is awesome. What's going Not on really, there? But. I'm pretty sure that's a romantic comedy that I've already seen. Oh, my goodness. I didn't. You guys were texting back and forth, so I went and looked at it. I didn't see it. His ex, he says, is a train killer. First of all, if she is, do you dare go out saying that stuff? What are you crazy? She's gonna come back and get you. <laughs> well, I, I have so many questions about this. There, so many. There have been so many weird things in sports recently, like Rob Conrad swimming nine miles or whatever to safety. Yeah, he just fell out of his boat. That's nine. amazing. Is it true? Nine miles. There's something Wasn't it weird at night there too. Even if he ocean? only swam. Even if he's exaggerating and he only swam half of that, that's still four and a half more miles than I could swim. Yeah, I, I don't think I could. I, something's fishy. It just doesn't add up. To, that's <laughs> you see a, what he did there? He yeah. did it on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> Something, it is, though. Nine miles? And then you saw the thing of Wade, Wade Boggs drinking beer. Some incredible number Wade Boggs is claiming to have drank. What are you, crazy? <laughs> Wait, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you look it up. There's a story about Wade Boggs. He claims to have been drinking this amazing amount of beer that it equals out to a beer every six seconds or something. <laughs> <laughs> something really stupid. And then you got the Kurt Bush. My ex is a licensed whoa, whoa, killer. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 107 beers in a day? Is that the number? Yeah, it's I couldn't remember the number. That's not possible. It, that's exactly dead. right. And I put I put that up there with swimming nine miles. Is that possible? That's a long, stinking way to swim. Uh, if your if your life's on the line, though, I mean, I'm sure he wasn't swimming like Michael Phelps. He's probably just floating and paddling his arms a little bit. I could see it happening if you're fighting for your life. Nine miles. What's nine miles? Is that like Brockport to Spencerport? Is that nine miles? That's, That's a, a really long. stupid long distance to swim. <laughs> well, is what that is. Don't they have like 
how did this boat get away from him? Since it was on autopilot, boats uh, have that. Did you guys see this about the Milwaukee Brewers rolling out the timeless ticket? For $1,000, you can buy a ticket that would entitle you to use it for any single game in your team's future. Would That's you pay a, really cool. Well, would they make money on that? Well, they would sell a thousand of these tickets for a thousand dollars each. What? They come in one pound bronze tickets with the owner's name engraved on them, and you can turn them in for any games. Said so this was in Milwaukee. This is in Milwaukee. Oh, never mind. They don't have to worry about selling out. Like, what happens if you do sell out though, and you want to go to a game? Well, how does that work? I don't know. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. We go around the room at the end of each show, give our pest of the week, and this week my pest is Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis, who says the only reason we know who Tom Brady is, it's because of the tuck rule. There's no such thing as the tuck rule. Now, listen, uh, Tom Brady responds with everyone has an opinion. I like Ray. He's a, I think Ray is a great player. He's a first battle Hall of Famer. I was enough fortunate enough to play with him. The only reason we know who Tom Brady is is because of the tuck rule. <laughs> Hasn't he played in like five Super Bowls? Tom Hasn't Brady's he won awesome. practically every time except when he plays the New York Giants? Oh, you knew that was coming up. <laughs> Ray Lewis is my pest of the week. My pest of the week is uh, Steve Smith Sr. because he apparently likes that in his jersey now. He tried to fight a former teammate in uh, Jermaine Wiggins. Wiggins is now a radio personality in Boston. And sometime in the past, Wiggins called Smith a bully and a bad locker room guy. You know, big deal. The two ran into each other after the playoff game between the Ravens and Patriots the other day. And uh, Smith decided that was the time to try and fight Wiggins, saying he was going to bleep him up, amongst other four-letter words, all in front of Wiggins' kids. Because nothing says you're not a bully like trying to make someone fight you. My pest of the week is Johnny Gaudreau of the Calgary Flames. He's been called Johnny Hockey for a while, is sort of a reference to Johnny Manziel being Johnny Football. He is now trying to copyright and trademark the nickname Johnny Hockey. Johnny Manziel is not any good at football. You don't want to be associated with him. Don't trademark Johnny Hockey. Just try to make money, man. Get your paper. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. I want to thank you for joining us this week. Benson and Those Guys brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. And as on our way out, Zach has got something queued up, some bumper music that is an honor to you, Darren, oh, and no. your love affair of the word awesome. <laughs> Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of the team. Everything this song is awesome. awesome. Really awesome. I like it. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets, they do it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town and Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God.